Good evening. Have you ever thought about what makes something memorable? What is it that makes something just stick in your mind to where you might remember it over the next couple days, couple weeks? Maybe you remember it for a couple years, or maybe you remember it for a lifetime. What is it that makes that thing stick in your mind? I would suggest to you tonight that it's the importance that you place upon it. If something isn't important to you, then you're not going to have it stick in your mind. Oftentimes, it's maybe the repetition of a thing. We might see something like 2020 where we hear about COVID every single day for over a year. And I'm pretty sure that's going to stick in most of our minds for a lifetime. But oftentimes we have to take things and they have to be important to us and we have to make an effort to remember them. I have six kids. I have to make an effort to remember their birthdays. Sometimes that's hard. But if it's not important to me, and if you want to test me later, come and test me. I think I got it down. But if it's not important to me, then it's not something that I'm going to remember. You know, oftentimes our senses, our our hearing, our sight, our smell, even our taste can trigger memories that we have from the past. But those triggers are only there and those memories only remain because of the importance. If someone walks by me and has the perfume happy on, I instantly think about when I first met Colby and when we dated at an early age. That perfume just brings back that memory to my mind every time I smell it. If I hear a bird sing, a cardinal in particular, my mind goes to the Frio River where I've spent almost every year of my life on Memorial Day with my family. And those things are precious and important to me. And those triggers are good to have in our lives for things that are important to us. And so tonight I want to give you three things that you've thought about, I'm sure, but I hope that after tonight that you'll think about for every day for the rest of your life these three things. And these memories that we think about, the important ones, they change us. They change our behaviors. They change our habits. They change our attitudes. And so they're very powerful and very useful to us as Christians. And so I want to start off with this first one. God has given us so much. Now, you might think about, well, he gave us food and he gave us our homes. And we talk about those things often and those are good and right. But I want to take a step back a little further tonight. And I want us to think about how God created us. He created us differently than he did other things. Thomas mentioned it this morning that he spoke things into existence. But if you look in the book of Genesis, God created us in His image. Nothing else in creation received this. Nothing in creation, no animal, no creature, no plants, nothing. Out of all that He created, when you think about, and I should have looked it up, how many critters and creatures there are on the earth. There's more than I can think of for sure. 
But when you think of all that He created, He chose us to be created in His image. And that's an important thing. And not so much in the physical sense of flesh and blood are we created in His image, but a spiritual way. He gave us a soul. Each one of us has been given from God a most precious possession. That is your soul. Something that will live for an eternity. And we don't think about this every day often. I know I, in the past, have been guilty of not thinking about this every day. But I would challenge us tonight that each day we wake up that we count our blessings and we think, God gave me a soul and He created me in His image. And we think about the preciousness of that. Not only did He give us a soul But it says in creation in Genesis 2 and 7 that he took the dust and he formed man and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. I don't see anywhere in scripture we have recorded that he took any other creation that he had and he breathed into the nostrils the breath of life. He created the animals and when he didn't find a a helper comparable for man, he created Woman from the rib of man. How very special is that? How often do we take time in our lives to slow down and think about these precious things that God has given us? He's given us dominion over the animals. And that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that I'm not that snake that crawls up to my house on occasion. Because he has no dominion over me. God has put us in a place of authority to have dominion over these things. And we need to be thankful for that. We need to cherish those things in our minds each and every day. But it gets sweeter. And you'll hear me say that several times tonight through each of these things that we remember. It gets sweeter. He's given us free will. And in a country like ours, being raised to appreciate freedom that we have in this land, there's no greater freedom that anybody has ever given me than that which God has gave me to make a choice. It says there in Deuteronomy 11, Moses before the children of Israel, he says, Today before you, you have the choice of a blessing or a curse. You can choose to do the will of God or you can choose not to. He doesn't force us. It's an amazing thing to be able to have that ability to have that choice. And it's something that I'm so very thankful for. And when we think about all these things that God has given us as we focus on this first idea, no one will ever be able to come close to the gifts that are listed up here on the board. No one can give us a soul that will live forever. No one can give us dominion over the animals, the breath of life. I'm in the image of my mom and dad, and that's great, but I've been created in the image of God. And that's much 
much greater. And we need to, to remember that in our life. And as we go through this lesson, we're going to look at these three things that we need to remember each and every day. Because it's going to change the way we approach our day. If we wake up with a heart full of thankfulness and gratitude for the things that God has blessed us with, it's going to change your, your personality. It's going to change the way you talk to people. It's going to change the, the way you approach people, the way you view people. And so it's very important for us to remember these things. And these are things that we've all thought about before. But I think we can all spend more time thinking about these each and every day. The second thing I want us to remember tonight. Jesus has given up so much for us. And we'll get to the idea of what he did while he was on this earth. But I want to start off with this thought in, in Revelation chapter 4. In Revelation chapter 4. I want to take a moment to read there to paint this picture of heaven and the throne of heaven. And as we read this, I want you to think about Jesus making the choice to leave this place to come to this earth. After these things, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you the things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, the throne, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne, and he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow Around the throne, in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and on the thrones I saw twenty-four elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne there was a sea of glass, like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each had six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they did not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down before him and sit before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by you and by your will they exist and were created. 
I can't think of a more beautiful place that exists. I can't think of the praise that must abound in heaven and the never-ending worship that exists there. And that's where Jesus was before He came to earth. He came to earth to save us. And I want to give us a little bit different perspective that I think Revelations chapter 5 offers us of this idea of Jesus coming to earth and giving up so much for us. In chapter 5 of Revelations, it goes on to say, And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it, to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, "Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals." And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne of the four, and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as though it had been slain. When I think about what Jesus gave up, and here John is looking into heaven, and he sees this throne room of heaven of all this beauty and praise, In worship, and there in the midst of it all, he sees this lamb that had been slain. And that picture, that image that the book of Revelation gives us, reminds us what Christ gave up for us. But it gets sweeter, right? Not only did He give up heaven to come to earth, but He came and accomplished what the Father had sent Him to do. He came and He gave His life in never-ending service, in much sleepiness, in much tiredness, in much grief and pain. Did He come for us? Never Has anyone given up so much for me? As long as I live, no amount of sacrifice that anyone might dedicate to me in this life will ever compare with what Jesus gave up to come and do for me. And I think that's something that we need to think about each and every day that we wake up. Once again, it's going to make us a different kind of people when we think about these things each and every day. And it's very precious in His sight. And third, God has granted 
so much to us. He has given us and granted unto us adoption. The preciousness to be called a child of God is something to not be taken for granted. And those who have been adopted, who have obeyed what God has given them to do in His Word, and He has adopted them through His Son, Jesus, is a precious thought. And it's something that we need to remember each and every day that we belong to our Heavenly Father. We are His children. And kids, one day when you grow up and you have kids, I'm sure that will mean more to you than it may mean to you right now. But we are His children. And that's so very precious in His sight. We have been granted to live with Jesus. In John chapter 6 and verse 65, it says, No one can come to Jesus unless God grants it. I believe Kyle alluded to this in the Lord's Supper meditation. We're not talking about coming to Jesus here in this life. We're talking about coming to Jesus in heaven. No one can go to where he is at the right hand of God unless God grants it. And he has granted that to us if we would just be obedient to the things that he has given us. Not only, it just gets sweeter though. Each of these things just gets sweeter and sweeter the more we think on them. God has not only granted us eternal life with Jesus, but with those who love Him. We can all think back in our past to people who have been faithful servants of God, who have gone on from this life. And God has granted us the opportunity to see them again one day. And I don't think we think about that as much as what we probably need to. Some of us probably think about that more than others. That maybe who have lost a spouse or lost someone else near and dear to them. But we need to be thinking about these things that God has granted us the ability to be with these people forever. Forever. Such a precious thing to remember tonight. And the last thing that I will mention about God granting something to us is that He has granted us a celestial body. In 1 Corinthians 15, it talks about a terrestrial body, one that dwells here on this earth, the flesh and blood that we now are clothed in. But one day He will give us a celestial body. And I have no idea what that's going to look like, smell like, feel like, taste like, and all your senses. But I look forward to it. And I dream about it. All the little pains and things that we feel. All the aches, the hurts. They're going away. And we're going to be granted a new body. 
that's going to live forever with him in that beautiful place that Revelation so greatly describes for us in heaven. These are the three things that I think if we remember each and every day, it's going to change the kind of people that we are. And now I want to look at three different situations considering this, these three things that we've just spoken about. And the first one's in evangelism. I don't know if you remember a few months ago, Adam talked about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 3, where Paul writing to them and he says, I first of all delivered to you that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again. That was the first thing that Paul wanted to teach and to instruct the Corinthians about. Now, he spends a lot of time in his letter correcting many other things that Adam had alluded to. But the first thing that he wanted to do was to talk about Jesus, to talk about the beauty of Jesus. And I think oftentimes in evangelism, when we meet someone in the street or at work or at the grocery store, or maybe we have an acquaintance or a friend, and maybe we notice something amiss in their life, we want to focus in on that. And we want to try to correct that issue when really the first thing we need to do is to talk about what God gave us. We need to talk about what Christ gave up for us and what He's granted us. Think about a small child. Do you start off with a small child talking about the meatier things in the Word? Or do you start them off with, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Evangelism is much the same. We can never forget the beauty of Christ while we go and strive to teach others. I love the way that 2 Corinthians puts it in chapter 2. And I'll flip over there and read this because I like it. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 14 and 17. It would help if I'd go to Corinthians instead of Thessalonians. Verses 14 and set through 17 it says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death and to the other the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as so many peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity But as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. When we think about evangelism and we think about these three things, if we have those on the forefront of our mind, we are going to be that fragrance that God would want us to be. We're not going to come across, as the scripture says here, as someone peddling the word of God. I'm afraid 
we, we lose sight of these precious things that God has given us and blessed us with, and we just come across just trying to peddle the Word of God and say, hey, you need to, you need to do this, you need to do this. But yet, we, we don't exhibit the fragrance of Christ and the things, and we forget to do the things that He has instructed us to do to not only be hearers of the Word, but to be doers also. People can understand that and they can see that in our lives. Let's look at another area of life that when we consider these three great things to remember will help us. When we think about trials that we face, how many times has each of us gone to the book of Hebrews in chapter 4 when we face a hard time in our life? And it's a wonderful place to go. And we go to Hebrews 4 and verses 14 through 16 and we sit down and we read this. And it says, Seeing then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If we're not a people that remembers the blessings that God has given us, that God has given up for us, and that God has granted us, then we're likely to not be a people when faced with trials that won't turn to God How comforting it is to know, going back to that imagery in Revelation, that we have a lamb that was slain that's willing to sympathize with our weaknesses. Someone that has seen the worst in humanity. Someone that has been through more than we can imagine. It helps to understand that we have a high priest that can sympathize with us. I don't know how we can make it through trials without remembering the things that we're talking about tonight. I don't know how people in the world get through rough spots in life without a Savior and and a Heavenly Father that loves them. Where do they find peace? Where do they find comfort? They will never find it fully unless they turn to God. Remembering these things in trials will truly bless us. But let's look at the last area of life. When we consider the idea of forgiveness, I think of it in two ways. The forgiveness that I need to give somebody and the forgiveness that I need. And when we think about forgiveness to others, when we are called upon to forgive someone that maybe has wronged us, it makes it so much easier to think about what Christ went through for me and that I need to be as forgiving 
to others as he has been to me. When I think about that, forgiveness comes easy. Forgiveness is not hard. When I think about what I've been forgiven. And when I think about forgiveness for myself and the sins that I've committed. And I go back to that imagery that we see in the book of Revelation. And I want to impress upon you tonight that image of the throne of God and the creatures encircling the throne and the 24 thrones and the worship and the praise and the Lamb of God standing there slain. That He's standing there because of me. Because He knew I needed forgiveness. He knew that something had to be done so that I could be made right in the sight of God. I pray and hope that these three things that we've spoken about tonight will stick with you for the rest of tonight and to tomorrow and to next week, next month, next year for the rest of your life. And it may be that you need to Install some triggers in your life to remember these things that God has done for us. Maybe you have a sticky note on your mirror when you get up in the morning. Maybe you set a reminder on your phone. You know, Daniel prayed three times to God each day. I don't think he had a phone to remind him when to pray. He just remembered because it was important to him. And these things I know are important to us. I pray that as we move forward, that we can always take these things and let them change our lives. Let us grow to be the people that God would want us to be. I'm so excited for November and Rob Whitaker coming to help us in evangelism, and I know that these things are going to play hand in hand with some of the things that he has for us to instruct us to have the right mentality and the right mindset to be the most evangelistic people that we can be. If anyone has need tonight of the church, if anyone would like to come and put on Christ, maybe this image of Christ in heaven has stood out to you tonight from the word of God. And maybe you've come to the realization that God has given you a soul that will live for an eternity. And you understand more clearly now what Christ has given up for you. And what God has granted to you. A home in heaven. With Christ and with all those who love Him. If you have any need of the church tonight, we ask that you'd come forward now while we stand and sing the song.